Who's going to clinch? Is there any clinching? Clinching scenarios? There's some clinching tonight. I know that. I know. Vegas, look at them. Vegas Golden Knights in town to take on the Calgary Flames. Flames can punch their ticket. Vegas needs a lot of things to go right tonight and moving forward over the final two and a half weeks of the season. Would guess it'll be Jacob Markstrom. Would also guess it will be Robin Leonard. But we'll find out this morning. The fellows will be at the rink. Morning skate. Bring you all the details. Uh, may, or maybe our next guest knows because, I mean, he's you talk about a guy that's connected and dialed in. Oh, yeah. Very... Very few more so than Justin Bourne, who joins us here on uh, on the program. Justin, good to talk to you again. Uh, who's uh, going for Vegas tonight? Is yeah, it Robin give us Leonard? The, the news. Yeah, five in a row. Yeah, yeah. Let me just break down their lines and let me tell you about PP 2s rotation in yeah. the neutral zone as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. No, it's good, man. It. I said before the break, and I guess it's one of those things when you're. What do they say? When you're too close to the elephant, you need to take a few steps back to appreciate what how big the elephant is. We, we talk hours every day about Flames hockey, and they can clinch tonight, and we, they're going to make the playoffs and all of that, but in this city, that's not insignificant, that they're doing, that they have the potential to do it even, with two and a half weeks left, is, is amazing for this team, considering where they were a year ago. I didn't see it coming, and I don't think many did, not to this degree. Oh, it's, it's amazing how quickly, quickly we're spoiled, like you know, if they, they put a nice coffee machine in at work and then they took it away a month later, you'd be like, well, this place sucks. And a month ago, you didn't even know you missed it. I feel like that about good hockey teams and fans. Like, the Flames have been so good this year, all season long, that, you know, a- anytime things go the wrong way and you have people who complain, it's like, you're right. You need to take a step back and be like, hey, this was not expected this year, I don't think. And this is something worth appreciating. They've just been... Really a, a really fun team to watch. And I think they're a team to be proud of if you're a fan. Like, you know, they're responsible. They work hard. Um, you know, they're exciting to watch and that they have some players who can make some plays. Like, that's a fun hockey team who's having great success. They're not even in the playoff chase right now. Like, all the dramatics for, you know, can L.A. squeeze in, Vegas, whatever. They're just above that. That's how good their year has been. So a season to be proud of for sure. What do you make of guys or teams that are having career years because I think to some degree you almost get criticized. I feel like there's some criticism. Well, it's a contract year for Gaudreau, so he's having a career year, and Kachuk it's a career year, and on the back end, Hannafin and Goodbranson and Anderson, all these guys are having career years. It in some respects it feels like they don't they're not getting credit for it, but at the same time they are having the best years of their career. There's got to be some maybe somewhere in between. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and like, what is even the implication about the whole contract year thing that they they hadn't been trying and suddenly are trying? First off, they deserve credit if they're able to play at the professional level and turn on and off the degrees of effort uh, based on how much income they would like to earn. Like, everyone's trying all the time. I understand contract years, what you might get is a better summer of training ahead of time. You might get someone coming into the season with a little bit more focus on things, but now, once the season starts, guys are always giving it their best. And, you know, to be able to, to put together the years they're having, the contract thing should hold, you know, very little piece of the discussion, discussion that they've been able to be this good. You know, everything is theoretical. This guy could do this or could do that. So we need to appreciate the real things when they do happen in pro sports. These guys are having monster years. Yeah, that's going to come at a cost. But, you know, you, you hope you have those problems. 
as a general manager and as a sports fan. The best case scenario is too many of your players are too good and you have to figure out how to keep as many of them as possible. Man, we've got uh, – there's been no drama in terms of who's in and who's out in the East, maybe since before Christmas. Like, the top eight have been the huge gap, then the bottom eight in the East, but we still don't have a matchup that we know is going to happen in the playoffs. There's all kinds of jockeying going on out there. I'm sure you're all over the permutations in the Atlantic Division where Toronto, Tampa, and Boston still have to sort out two through four. Uh, and then in the Metro, somehow the Rangers have almost reeled in the Hurricanes, and the Caps have almost reeled in the Penguins. Like – I, I thought this might be boring coming down the stretch, but there is stuff to watch for out East. Well, there is. The only thing that kind of kills me is like, no one knows what to root for. You know, like, yes, <laughs> everything is unsettled, but it's like, are you rooting to play Tampa Bay? Are you rooting to get Boston if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs? Do you want Florida? Do you want Carolina? Like, what, what is the outcome? Like, honestly, there is no matchup where I'm like, well, you know, the Leafs have the best shot there. I don't think there's a matchup where if you're Florida, you say, God, we hope that this team gets in over that team. The only thing I would say if you are a Tampa, Boston, or a Florida is do you believe the Leafs are the same flawed team that they have been, that has fallen short, that has these demons? In that case, maybe these teams are going, God, I hope we get Toronto and not Boston, but – God, look at the standings. Look at the way these teams are playing. You sure you want Toronto over Boston? I just don't know. It's exciting. I just don't know what anyone's rooting for at this point. Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, we got to finish in this spot. Well, the team you line up with might have changed by then. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> so true. Um, so, yeah, well, it's, it's been fun. How have the Rangers done it? Because it's, it's been a lot less of uh, Shesterkin of late, and that was definitely the story until about a month ago, and he's lost a lot of that heart steam that he had. Yeah, it was, you know, going into the trade deadline, the Rangers were a bit of a paper tiger, at least statistically. Like, they uh, were a bottom five team in the NHL in terms of controlling shot attempts, as in, you know, what they use as a proxy for met- or, uh, for possession. So it was all Shesterkin at that point. You know, at the deadline, they make a couple ads. They bring in Mott and Kopp, um, and things have gotten way better for them statistically. You know, they're starting to drive play. Actually, they're giving up the lowest amount of, like, chances against since the deadline of any team. However, uh, Greg Wachinski yesterday pointed out on, uh, on Twitter, the Rangers since the trade deadline have played like nobody. It's been Arizona, Ottawa, Philly. Like, it's been the, the dregs of the league. So right now it's tough for me to say, did the Rangers get better with their deadline ads? Are they playing better? Or have they just had a fortunate run of schedule and, you know, the, the real team that they were for the previous 60 games is going to rear its ugly head at some point. Uh, the other one, Penguins all of a sudden, they're in trouble of falling into a wild card. And Malkin served, what, one of that four-game suspension? Have you seen much of them? That, what, what, what's happening there? Yeah, a, a little bit. You know, it's, it's tough, to, tough to make sense of exactly. You know, I think that decor at times ends up being where the question marks are. I, I like so much of the talent up front, you know, like guys that you don't even think about outside of Crosby and Malkin, Crosby's having a top 10 heart season once again, I would say. But, you know, beyond those guys, Rodriguez having a great year, you know, Kapanen's there and Sneed's not doing quite as well, but there's, you know, Brian Rust is fantastic and Jake Gensel's pouring pucks in. So their forwards are not an issue. Just on that backside, they give up a lot of opportunities. A lot of the chances they gave up in the first part of the year were covered up by Tristan Jari playing really well. You know, when he's average, all of a sudden, they're uh, they're giving up a few too many goals. So we'll we'll be interested to see if they can tighten that up by playoffs. 
Justin Bourne joining us here on Sportsnet. Looking last night, because obviously the LA Kings, they lose to Colorado, and that has impact on the playoff spot. Kale McCarr has another amazing night. He's got 26 goals. He's ridiculous. It's amazing. The Kale McCarr, 26 goals and 81 points in 69 games. That's still not good enough for the lead among defense scoring. I know. You know, I just I was just watching the highlights before you called, and the the goal he scores on a one timer, the pass is a foot in front of his foot, uh, front foot. It's so far out of his wheelhouse. I don't know if I could have got my blade on him. He put it in the top corner. I don't, he's a freak of nature. I mean, honestly, it's the uh, super bad. He's the fastest kid alive. Gift. It's, I can't. I can barely. Use, I think he's my favorite player to watch. Twenty five minutes plus a night on average. Uh, plays in every every scenario. We we remember it here because he came out of college and and joined the Avalanche. Was it in, Game Three? He showed up. Yeah, in oh, the playoffs man. against the Flames, and the whole thing was, as you can imagine, us dumb media guys. Well, this is a tough spot for a kid oh, to a come in. Dean. You go right to the NHL, yeah. let alone to the playoffs. And he was one of the best players on the ice in Game One and hasn't looked back. Uh, with that said. Does Roman Yossi is not that he's getting overlooked, but do we take for granted how good he's been? Maybe because he's not as flashy as say Makar is, or maybe it's Nashville. We don't pay as much attention. He has 87 points. Yeah. You know what? He's really hard to talk about because he's on Nashville and that team is 43rd on my list of teams to stop and watch when I'm flipping through <laughs> channels. And, you know, like uh, we all have the list like, okay, your flames aren't playing tonight. You know, what game do you want to put on? And like, there are teams that are more prone to make you stop and more prone to make you skip. And Nashville, for me, just does not do it. So, Yossi, I probably watched Nashville play five hockey games this year. Every game I've watched, he's been awesome. You know, he's been the best player on the ice noticeably. He drives their offense. The numbers are staggering. Like, this guy's going to threaten 100 points. It's, it's really unbelievable what he's doing. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I have a vote this year or not. And if I do, I'm going to have to go through a whole bunch of video because – Boy, uh, the, the numbers are, are really tough to look past. So a little, little bit more eye test need to, would do me some good, though. Uh, one playoff matchup is pretty much locked in, and it's only one. There's a lot to sort out with wild cards, two threes, and all that. Except when you go to the Central Division, it will be Minnesota. It will be St. Louis, barring something miraculous occurring. I am jacked up for this series. I think Minnesota might be the toughest team in hockey. The Blues have won it before. Both teams have somewhat of a, a, a goaltending tandem or at least goaltending questions. Uh, let's go. It's our first series we can preview. What do you yeah. see? Yeah, you know, love it. You know, I, I think that the, one of the great strengths of Minnesota being such a tough team is almost negated by playing a really tough team in St. Louis. Like, you know, if you're the Wild, you're hoping you draw someone like the Oilers. I know you can't, but, you know, the idea of drawing someone who's also very tough kind of takes away one of their strengths a little bit. I still, I still like their, their group, though. Um, you know, they, they're really fascinating that they have some solid D, you know, not huge names and some, some forwards who, you know, I don't want to say they're cast-aside kind of guys, but how often do you think of Kevin Fiala or Zuccarello or, you know, I know Kaprizov's doing his thing and everyone talks about him, but, you know, it's, it's, they're an interesting group that works hard. Depends how Flurry goes, I guess. Um, if I had to pick, uh, I would be leaning Minnesota's way. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a hard fight. When you think of a playoff series, that's going to be like classic playoff hockey. Eh? I, I totally agree. And I just think, okay, so who does St. Louis start in game one? And if they lose, who do they start in game two? Like it's built in controversy. It feels like if they don't just sweep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a funny thing that we've had guys that have won Stanley Cup like Bennington suddenly not be the assumed starter for a playoff series three years later. You know, I look at Matt Murray, who, you know, his fall from winning Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh. And really what it makes me think is when you look around the NHL, all these teams that have goaltending questions, you know, it's not as if goalies haven't come out of nowhere and won cups before. You know, it's very possible. No one's proven until they win a cup, of course. And all these guys, you know, Vasilevsky was a choker until he got it done in Tampa, right? They moved to Columbus the year before. So all these teams that have question marks in net, uh, you know, I'm not ruling anyone out because goalies get weird. They get hot at the right time and the teams can, you know, benefit from that. Watching the uh, Sabres the other night against Toronto, they've had good luck against the Leafs this year, but we we kind of have that, it's kind of that evergreen discussion. Who's, who's closer to breaking through after the lengthy rebuild? Is it Ottawa and the youth that they have? Is it Buffalo? Obviously, Power comes in and looks like he's, he's not going to have a hard time fitting in. I don't know if Detroit is in that mix as well, but Cider has been so good, and obviously Lucas Raymond. Of that group, or is there somebody else out there that you feel like they are they are ready to turn the corner. The rebuild could be over. Yeah, you know, it's tough. There's a lot of teams that tried to kind of bottom out at the same time, right? Like, you know, I don't know if you want to want Anaheim in there, but New Jersey is a team you could put in that group. Um, you know, there's, a, there's just a number of teams that have tried this at the same time. The Kings are probably the closest of, of teams that, that really went to, to the bottom and, and are trying to climb their way back. But, you know, looking at, you know, the Atlantic with Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit, Buffalo is the, o- the only of that team that I think like, boy, they're going to be tough to play. Like Detroit has some talented young guys and Ottawa's got some great skill too. But like the core of Buffalo's rebuild are giants. They're absolute giants. Tage Thompson's like 6'7". Owen Powers like 6'5". You know, Dylan Cousins 6'3". Rasmus Dahlien 6'3". You know, they just have guy after guy here. Like, oh, you know, Alex Tuck is another guy there. 6'3 plus, 230. You know, they're just, they're a big team. So I don't know if they're going to, they're not my favorite to be the next Stanley Cup team because I don't think any of those guys have high enough feelings. But they are my favorite of that group to be the most annoying soonest to win hockey games and probably get themselves back into the playoff picture. And then the great challenge is you look up and you've got Boston, Toronto, Florida, Tampa. I don't know that any yeah. of those teams look bad anytime <laughs> soon. Is there a team that, that maybe has issues or will have to dissemble or is getting old? Like I just wonder about Boston, but then – you know, yeah. they, they go get Lindholm and extend him. And, um, you know, maybe Jake Tabrowski is a fit long-term. And, you know, it does look like they, they have a goaltender there even with Rask on. Like, it, who's going to falter if a Buffalo or Detroit's going to get in? Well, it does. It's for, it's the obvious one is Boston. Just that, you know, Bergeron, Bergeron and, and uh, Marchand are such a huge part of what they do. Like, Bergeron is still among the game's elite players. And I know we've – We've ruined underrated with him, but like because he doesn't do what he does with pure points, I don't know a different way to phrase it, but just maybe the game's best all-around guy. So they, those guys still loom. And then Tampa, Tampa's kind of sneaky on the verge of old, aging out too, right? Like Stamkos isn't young. Kucherov's not old, but he's coming up on 30. You know, Hedman's not old, but you're coming up on 30. That You know, all those guys are, even Kalorn, they're just, they're not old but they are the next team that you look at and go ah that's probably you know some of those guys are going to have to move out they've had to move off contracts because everyone's making all this money now probably probably the next team take a little step back and if you look at tampa statistically they've taken a large step back already from you know the year they won the president's trophy and got eliminated in the first round the stanley cups this year they're fifth to tenth in most stats um as opposed to running away with first like they have been in the past 
before I let you go, I'm just I'm curious because you know what it's like out here. We talk anything Toronto and people get their back up. But I am curious because of the playoff bugaboo that has followed them around. Are fans enjoying and lending no. cr- lending credence to what's <laughs> or, or is it still, hey, Marner, that's great. And Matthews, that's great. And 47 wins. That's great. Is it still very much the don't talk to me till playoffs? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, going into the season, that was all anyone said. Like, you can't – nothing they do will interest me. Talk to me when they get to playoffs. That was the theme going into the year. And then it was like the franchise record for points is 105. They're on pace for 114. You know, the, the season – the franchise goal record was 54. Matthews is more likely to end up with 64 than closer to 54. Like, you know, they're doing things that, as a fan, if you can't enjoy this, like, you take it too seriously. Like, it's, this is incredible hockey to watch on a nightly basis this season. But I will say, no, generally people are not enjoying it. Generally people have stuck to the idea that, yeah, that's great. But they almost don't want to embarrass themselves by celebrating this stuff um, because they know how hockey fans view – the Leafs and view, you know, playoff versus regular season success. So, you know, there are pockets of, okay, let's enjoy it tonight. But uh, if the Leafs go out and get swept by Boston in three weeks, no one's going to care that they had 114 points a season or whatever the final number is. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, how's Geo fitting in there? It looks like he's been playing a fair amount with uh, Lilligren, uh, the, the longtime Calgary Flames, suddenly on his third team and in his hometown. How's it looked? It's been awesome. He's been exactly what the Leafs need because they're not putting him on the top pair and saying play 24 minutes like Seattle did. You know, he's still playing pretty good minutes, but you know what they've needed is a guy that you could just trust to not make the dumb play or to not run up the ice and you know try to be you know, Bobby Orr. He's he's played a pretty conservative game for the Leafs, and I'm not sure if that's always been been the case. But everyone who's plays who plays with them has, has been better for it. He's made Lilligren a much better player. And, you know, the talk already in Toronto is certainly how, how do you get this guy under contract? What kind of numbers is he going to want? Because he's been, he's been very steady. So it's been, been a good start so far. Justin, thanks for your time, man. Always good catching up with you. Be well. See you, buddy. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Justin Bourne on Sportsnet on uh, Fan 590. Is there another team out there because i'm just looking in colorado i think they're appreciate they've got to be appreciative they're stanley cup favorites you go to a sports book they're stanley cup favorites. i know that, that's that's love isn't i it? guess what i mean is in terms of the fans i don't think the fans in denver the avalanche fan base are a yeah but because i i think in calgary fans are fans know what they've got here it's special colorado minnesota st louis that sort of thing florida obviously they don't have they haven't won a playoff round yeah. since four is toronto the one team where its fan base is looking at an incredible regular season and not putting anything into it? Well, I think there's a shades of that elsewhere. Like Colorado, the, their big thing hasn't been win around. They haven't got, around, got on a round two since the early 2000s. So if they stumble in round two, uh, like we had Jared Bednar's name out as like a hot seat candidate at the beginning of the year, which is crazy because they were so good last year and they've been amazing this year. And I think he's a great coach, but it's not good enough to get to round two and not move on if you're Colorado. And even here, Dean, like, Everyone's been really impressed with this team, and the loving is on with Daryl who's back. If they lose in the first round, you know what the commentary is going to be. you got to break up the score. No, it will be, but what I'm saying is right now, I think Flames fans are having fun going to the Agreed. right there. Agreed, yeah. But I wonder in Toronto... There's that grip of they still won't be able to do it, but it's the strongest there, but there's hints of it elsewhere. Even yeah. in Boston, it feels like that window's closing, and so I think they love that team and they're happy about that team. 
but it, it feels like it could be last call. Like you're going to be good for a while, but it, I don't know that you can say a year from now that team's going to be as good with the age all those guys have added. Imagine scoring to the degree like 58 goals and fa- there's a, a segment of the fans that are like, yeah, yeah we, know but... you, we know you can score goals, but can you win in the playoffs? How about 90 points in 64 games for Mitch Marner? That's yeah, great, man, but... but you're playing with Austin Matthews and do it in the playoffs. Yeah, the and I guess the question really is, and it, it, it's it's a person-to-person and maybe it's, it's a market-based thing, are they or have they been a flawed team or have they just not had a good spring? Have they been unlucky at important times? Like I saw last year not as a flawed team, but as their captain gets a knee to the head in game one that rattled them, they reel off three in a row and they hit how many posts that could have won a series. Like I don't think that was a flawed team. That was a lot of bad luck and Montreal catching fire. But other people say, no, that's a flawed team. Look how many times they lost in round one. Yeah, it's a crapshoot tournament, man. It's it, Weird things happen every single year. The best regular season team we've seen, maybe in the last 10 years, got swept in round one. That was Tampa before they won two cups. And people said, that's a flawed team. You can't win. Now they tweaked. They added some brawn. But their stars and core players were still their stars and core players. And if the season were to start today, you look at the teams that at least on paper would be favored. Your, you know, Flames, Avalanche, the Carolina, Florida. Florida. Yeah, those are probably four favorites. But Tampa with, would be in there too. But with the parity and the just get in situations that we have seen years year after year, if if Florida loses in round one, it's huge upset. Didn't see it coming. Yep. But if they might have Tampa in round one, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I, so I don't know. I'm I, I'm here for the Toronto uh, stubbing their toe year after year, but I just think. They're too good. So last year, not win one round. Montreal's point pace was well below what it takes to get into the playoffs. They sneak in in a seven-team division, the only non-eight-team division, a soft division. I believe, despite other people thinking that was a good division in Canada. Look now, how many of those teams are good? Mm, Two and a half, three. Uh, And the year before, Dallas in the bubble. Like every year, there's a team that has no business that goes Cinderella deep. runs. Yeah, yeah, and like we saw it in Edmonton in '06, we saw it here in '04. It doesn't mean they aren't good teams, but it just means if you look at Vegas odds, cool doesn't mean anything. If the best team we saw in a regular season through 82 games, which is a large sample, can get swept in round one, anything can happen in this tournament. The thing that those two teams, Montreal and Dallas, had in common to a certain extent, I guess, was incredible. Corey Perry? Was in, yeah, was incredible goaltending when you needed it. We forget Most how of good these Cinderellas do. How right? good Hudobin was. Yeah. Obviously, Carey Price was. Kipper in 04. So you look at it and you think, does Washington between Vanacek and Samsonov do either of those guys have that kind of a run? Is the Sway Dog yeah. going to be able to do it in Boston? St. Louis is the other one too, and that's kind of the the notion that. Can that goalie do it? Well, if Jordan Bennington, who was in the minors in January, could do it, who can't? And like, the, it, that, yeah. It's just you need to be – every goalie can get hot and go on a run that's crazy and unsustainable. If that run happens to be for a month in the spring, why not your team? Well, and I was going to mention, if you're going to talk about a team that could catch fire and has a goaltender that could get hot, how about Nashville? Their goalie leads the league in wins. You have Roman Yossi on the blue line. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Matt Duchesne is scoring goals. 
If there's a Forsberg. team, are they going to be uh, favored in round one? Not likely. They're a wild card. But be careful with the Nashville Predators, potentially. Now, they could get swept, but again, that's, a, that's you need That could be Flames against Nashville, yeah. and that's not a comfy series for a team that's going to run away with the Pacific. Soros. Settle down, Soros. It's not like Come on. We set up some sort of cage match between 6'6 Markstrom and like 5'11 Soros. Maybe we settle this outside of the rink. I like it. The chance is better there. Well, who's there? Uh, get Riddick in there. And then you got uh, Vladar because he's big too. We'll have a huge size Tag advantage. team. Tag team. We put Reach, the belts up. Let's tail go. of the tape. Yeah. Soros, 36 wins. That is one more than Kemper, Anderson, and Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky. 9-2-2 save percentage, the... 2.5 goals against they've been playing the crap out of them oh yeah 61 starts there's one goaltender who's played more than them it's the desperate we're still alive no you're not winnipeg jets with connor hellebuck boy you would hate to do radio in winnipeg well i mean i get it there look at the circumstance who's their backup what like eric comrie or somebody yeah and it's like where are they in the standings it's been last call for Winnipeg for like two months. I get running the crap out of your number one at that point. I so do. what about Soros then in Nashville? That's different. I don't know. I, I don't, like, I, I have not, yeah. that, that'll that be a conversation we're having if they line up with Nashville. Like, what happened here that he's got 61 starts out of basically, what, 71 games? Where are they at for games? Like, Riddick has played less than Vladar. And Vladar, Vladar had had, what, a half dozen games in this league before this year? Yeah. It's incredible. Now, is that lack of trust in Riddick? Is it a team that feels like they have to play their best guy every night because of where they are in the standings? Or is this a goalie that thrives on huge reps? He's been a backup all his career until, like, what, last year with Rene? That was it. Yeah. It's a I lot. don't know. Yeah, 61 starts. 61 starts in 73 games. Holy. Hey, why, why do you hate David Riddick? Why do, they, why do they hate David Riddick? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's, what's Dave ever done? You signed him as a free agent. He went in there. Why'd you sign him? Save some money. Go pay someone 50 grand to put a ball cap on and work the gate. So, yeah, Hellebuck 62, 61 sorrows. And then it's, uh, it's your boy. Jacob Markstrom, 58 starts. Demko Vasilevsky, 57. Tristan Jari. I got Demko 50. at 59 here, but that's not starts. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And Jari, 55. Does that make you feel any better, knowing that Markstrom's almost kind of middle of the pack there then? I would ask you about the injury histories of all those players. I don't think oh, any okay. of them are as uh, significant as Markstrom's. Um, we'll look at the uh, sked coming up tonight, mentioning Nashville. The Oilers are in Nashville tonight. What are the only, what's this? You know, is that a big save Dave stick flip night or what do we got? I don't know. Yeah, it's happened before. It's they, happened this before. is an interesting one for Edmonton. I don't know how much they're worried about where they're in the standing. Like they're pretty safe bet to be second in the Pacific, yeah. but they're coming off, getting their wheels blown off in Minnesota. And again, as noted earlier, first regulation loss since the blowout in Calgary. It's been a really good run. Woodcroft has tightened things up defensively. But uh, you got two weeks to the playoffs, and it feels like they're building confidence in their goalies. Then the five-one, it feels like a good time for to for them to get good goaltending or be you know really scared about naming a starter for game one, which they're going to have to do at some point. And 
it's been a really, really bad two postseasons in a row for goaltending in the Oilers. They're one in seven in their last two postseasons, the play in and the bubble, and then swept last year. It's like the goaltending has been atrocious. That's going to be the scar tissue for the postseason. If they want to feel good, they want to see good goaltending down the stretch. Something I was just going to say to you. I was just going to say. And they're running Pulyarvi out of town. Are you seeing this? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I saw that. It's beautiful. It's great. It's they're Eberling him. They're going to turn him into a paperclip with five trades. You know, okay, we're going to get a less than Pulyarvi, and then we're going to trade that guy, and then you're going to Shirelli this thing into an eraser. I think he's a sweet boy. Bring him here. I don't know why they. Uh, why would they do that? Well, because he's. You know what? His shooting percentage is at career low, so clearly he's he's not a goal scorer. Or it's just bad luck, Hello. Now, going back to that game against Minnesota the other night, we talked about Ryan Hartman getting the $4,250 fine for flipping the bird to uh, to Evander Kane. Did you hear the, the post-game stuff from Hartman where he was like, oh, not best, a lot of... Best money I spent. Not a lot of uh, teammates coming to his aid. I don't know if you noticed that. Nobody jumping in there. Stirring the pot a little bit. Oh, yeah. Stirring no, he's not pot. liked around the, the, the league. War out is welcome in Winnipeg. War out is welcome in Buffalo. Shark said we don't want him back in this room. Went to the GM, said we don't want him. So I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. Obviously, that was we. Now he's jumping in to defend nights, a teammate. Two nights ago, yeah. But, but it's also a couple pipsqueaks going at it in what Yamamoto and Kaprizov or whatever it was. Well, you, for he, Kane to come in, it's he's certainly not picking a, a guy of his size. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's so much code in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the code is. Because he goes after Kaprizov, and then Hartman. Comes flying in there to defend Kaprizov. Yeah, and then like there's the finger. Which don't guys don't do that. You know, kids, if you're listening, and we know you are, don't. There's there's nothing admirable. You should have done the the Johnny Manziel money finger rubs. That's what you really should have done to Evander. Then right. you're not going to get the fine, and you get the laughs. You make your point. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm or not don't. sure. I don't know. I just uh, maybe that's too mean. There's not enough sportsmanship in the games today. I just wish we could, you know, shake hands after games. No. Come on now, let's try and be nice. Well, look at the uh, the game tonight. It is Vegas. It is Calgary. They have split the season series to this point. We'll take a look back. And, um, yeah, it's like, did you call Kaprizov a small human being? He's a horse. Check the stat page, bud. Yeah, yeah he's, he's 5'10". No, he's too hot, but he's yeah. 5'10". Evander Kane is... He, this is a guy that, that boxes all offseason. That, that is not a fair's fair. It is not. Kaprizov, tell me about his fight card. Check the stat page, bud. I'll do it in the break, I guess. He's 5'10". I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. But we'll uh, we'll do some What You Want to Talk About. More great texts like that coming up in uh, What You Want to Talk About as well. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Calgary. Our guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar you spend, earn points towards free pizza with their rewards program. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, it's Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Thursday, game day, get your helmet on. Vegas, Calgary. Earlier this year... First meeting of the season, a 3-2 defeat for the Flames. It was uh, Jacob Markstrom in the net for that game. Manjapani scored late to make it a one-goal game. It was the first of four losses that the Flames had before they shut 
things down uh, for the Christmas holiday. Hmm. There may have been some COVID in there, if I recall. You know, I don't remember exactly how it all worked. But uh, yes, they they lost to Vegas, then San Jose, then the OT loss. Yeah, that was too got, far away to be COVID. That was probably a week ahead of. They got Sebastian Ahoed in overtime. Yeah, they and then sharp against the Burns after that. And then Bruins on. Saturday. I remember uh, watching the Flames suddenly unable to leave their zone with any ease, and Vegas was all over them for the first forty. And you're like, oh, they haven't seen this yet. This is the first time all year they they're like palms to the ceiling. Uh? Yeah. And then it was a uh, a flip of the switch. We've seen that happen a few times this year, where one night one team is in control, whether it be because of back to backs or travel or road trips, any of that. Then the second matchup was six nothing Calgary, and it was a it was a thrashing. Mm. Markstrom the shutout, twenty eight saves. Kachuk goal to assists. Backlund four point night, and that was game four, the fourth win inside that ten game winning streak. They man, it was quite a roll they were on. They then pumped Toronto, New York, Columbus, Anaheim. There was no close games. They didn't play a two-goal game for like two weeks. Everything was just blowout. They're rolling. Goals, 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 goals. I don't know what to expect tonight. I think you'll see desperation from Vegas, but I think it's also a team that's not as organized defensively as people yeah. think of when they close their eyes and think of the Vegas teams in years past. And I think the, the great question mark with Vegas, now that they're healthy elsewhere, how healthy is Robin Leonard, and what can you expect from him moving forward if you're going to have to use him most nights? The, I mean, the Kraken came in and outworked them for a good chunk of that game. And maybe it's first game back, road trip. Maybe, to your point, you've, you've had success against the Kraken. You know what they are. You really don't have a ton of desperation in terms of, we have to win this game because mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. This, this there should be a, a quite a bit sharper, I would suggest, against Vegas. But as we said earlier, you brought it up. There are there's very little in the way of mulligans for Vegas. Mm-hmm. They, it's Calgary. It's the top team in the division. They should be ready to roll. I and, expect Vegas is best, and I, I I look at that team, and all of a sudden it's scary. We we were looking at their lineup a month ago, being like, who are these people? Remember the names you were reeling off? Like what? Yeah, I was I not heard a, of that guy before. Who's this? What? It was not a who's who. No, it was. Uh, Paul Cotter and you know, uh, welcome back, Daniil Miramanov. Like it, it was a, we didn't we didn't know who these people were, yeah. and now it's like, oh, they have three lines with star power. You got Marshall Carlson on one line, Eichel and Dadnov on another, Patrick and Stone on a different line with Stevenson. That top nine group is probably right up there with anyone, and there's. There's the macro and the micro, as they say. The The micro is they are not performing now like a non-playoff team. No. If they had been performing like they have been for the last couple of weeks or more, they would be a playoff team. They would be challenging for the division for sure. And if they're healthy all year and somehow there wasn't a salary cap, they're probably ahead of the Flames in the standings. Jack Eichel, six points in his last five games. It's been an unreal run for Shea Theodore. Seven points, five goals in the last seven. Marcia so is... He's rolling 12 over the last eight. So, the, yeah, this is not on the outside looking in, even though I know Rick Ball brought it up the other night, the stretch of games against non-playoff teams. You had Anaheim, San Jose, two against Seattle, Vegas, Arizona, Chicago. This this is the one that 
make no mistake. Vegas certainly playing better. 6-1-1 one one in their last eight, and they've been scoring a bunch. 33 goals in that eight-game span. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. still... Still a little leaky, as you said. Yeah. You know, still a little leaky. And what's what's Leonard dealing with? What do we got going on there? I don't know what old Robbins uh, got on the go. I remember when your uh, head nearly shot into orbit when Frank Saravalli suggested he was a three bill goalie. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to put words in in Frank's mouth, well, but he said he may, he may be that guy. The first ever three hundred pound goaltender in the National Hockey League. I mean, it depends on where you look. He's very conservatively listed. It's a lot of, it's a lot of lbs, dude. It's a lot of Swede. You need a lot of gear to cover up three three hundo. Covers a lot of net. It's also a lot of torque on those knees every time you drop down. It's a big chest protector. Because I'm guessing if you're three, if you're three bills, it's not necessarily in your quads and your calves. I think everything. He's just tick boy, but right still. Trunk. The the thought that Woodley had earlier this year was everyone knew Robin Leonard was a very good goalie. The hesitance in the marketplace that allowed Vegas to get him at the number and the term that they did was that people wondered how he'd age with all that wear and tear that happens when you're a human of that size and your job is basically to drop on your knees, get up, drop on your knees, get up, drop on your knees, get up. Yeah, he's adept at the first. It's the getting back up. The getting back up is a lot more lifting to do than the other guys yeah. in the league. And like, it's not necessarily a shot at diet or conditioning, but more just how's that going to age? Just like you'd view a power forward. Like if you got a guy that runs around, hits everything that moves, and he's 6'4", 240, eh, I don't want to see much contract left after 30, right? Yeah. Like it's just you worry about certain styles of play and body types and how they're going to age. And that seemed to be the fear around Leonard. Because if you look at his numbers the year he signed that contract, he should be like top dollar, big at five a year. And I, you know, I'll say this. I'm a fan of Leonard for what he's gone through. And 100%. What, the victories that he's made off the ice in his personal life. And sticking up for his fellow hockey player and maybe shedding light on things that a lot of other guys wouldn't have been comfortable with. Screw it. This is a wrong. It needs to be talked about so we can make it right. Yeah. He'll take the lumps um, publicly. He'll take the beatings about, oh, how could you say that, if he knows that that's going to help his his fellow pro in the league. I admire him for that. 7 o'clock at the Dome. You'll be there. Are you signing autographs? We will be... Uh, 8 by 10 glossies. We'll be making the beer snake on the glass. Glass seats again, eh? Uh, you're, disp- you're, you're despicable. You, you Thank are. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. It's the same salesperson, I notice. Very good at selling things. Same on-air personality, I notice. You just raise your hand. You want to, you want to, I'll swap out for you. You want to go tonight? Who's the client? We'll find out tonight. Yeah. There it is. Happy to talk about it uh, tomorrow morning's show, bright and early. Yeah, I can't wait for tomorrow's show. Uh, Steinberg does the afternoon flames talk thing. That's at four. Uh, is Maddie Rose Marty? still on? Is Marty Rose still on the on the radio? I see Marty tweeting. Uh, I've heard some Marty here or there lately. I think he was on vacation early last week. We're back late last week. Yeah, we got Marty tonight. Marty Rose. Okay, so Pat and Marty Rose will be uh, will be on your radio, taking you up to uh, at least to uh, the start of warm up and then puck drop and all of that. Looking forward to it. There's Vegas Golden Knights fans out there.
They won a lot of people's hearts with their run in year number one. A lot of young kids, right? The New Jersey, Marc-Andre Fleury, go to the cup final. Winning sexy, Dean. But then, you know what they did? They did them dirty. Yeah, they they did the uh, Gerard Gallant turn. Gerard Gallant did him dirty. What have you done for us, Gerard? Now, it wasn't leaving him in the parking lot like Florida did. Yeah, they got him a cab or whatever. At least, yeah, I think they- Town car. Uber. Get him an Uber, but still did him dirty. Gerard always gets the last laugh. Look at him in New York this year. Loving it. Jeez. Yeah. And good guy. He's like, Vegas is good, but man, it got hot in the summers. You know what's a happening place? New York City, baby. If you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. That's what they say. Uh, What you want to talk about (laughs) is brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate. (laughs) Almost say that. (laughs) Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Talking about. You know what they say. If you can do it in this town, there's then other the towns other cities, that you certainly would be able to. If they heard that you did it there, they'll do have it. you do it here. That's what they say. Uh, hey, Ryan Pinder, why do you hate Jonas Rondberg? It's true. Uh, how can I hate him? I don't even know him. What's your problem? Hey, what is your problem? Did you see who uh, started for the Flyers last night in net? No. Felix Sandstrom. Who? What? It, look, you're, uh, you've got 40 regulation losses. Thomas Sandstrom? No. Felix, the cat. Felix Potvin? Nah. Uh Hey, Pinder, I'll take one of those refund, uh, refund checks you were offering up uh, this yeah, morning. Yeah, sweet. We'll send your $0 out today. Yeah. Don't spend it all in one spot. Does Pinder put his hair in a man bun for corporate events? I wouldn't call this a corporate event. This is beer snake on the glass. We'll see how unreal. You know, it's a client. I'm guessing you're trying to schmooze and impress or or even woo a client. I'm not wooing. The salesperson's job is to sell. Would it kill you to woo? Mix in a little woo? I'm friendly. I like talking to people. You know me. I'm like the, the hyperactive goat. I sent you the video. Boys, Makar has as many goals as line A. That's effing scary. He ain't done it. Makar's great. We are blessed to have Kale Makar in the National Hockey League. And it's tough when you're playing against him because he will take, he'll he'll drive a stake right through your heart. Is that what he does? Yeah, he'll do it. And smile with that boyish face of his. You see him off, off the ice. Does this look like a guy who could end your life? Does it look like a guy that's already played at UMass or he's on his way next year? How old is he? Unreal. Uh, why does Boomer hate Kari Ramo? Ramo was texting away yesterday. I was going to... Excuse uh, me? Yeah, it was in some other language, but he was doing something. You... Ooh. Can we get Instagram live tonight with Beer Snake on the glass pinder and couch Boomer? No. Oh, Dean. Give the people what they want. No. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for working another day this week above and beyond. Uh, we'll be off tomorrow. It is the I'm long weekend. I'm pretty i got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, where are we here? Somebody was asking about, how do we feel about Miss Vicky's sweet and spicy ketchup chips? I'm a fan. I do like them. Now, what was the, the spicy they tried, but it wasn't actually that spicy yeah, a little I, earlier? Was that a 
Is that these ones, the spicy ketchup, or is that a different one? No, this is the one. Okay, so they're just and not they're, they're just over advertising the spicy part, but still yummy. And I know people be like, oh, you can get them at Costco, the hard buy. The Miss Vicky's sweet and spicy ketchup. They they are sweet, but I just think by n- just the natural flavor of the ketchup chip, it's got some sweetness. And I didn't find it to be all that spicy. But I'll mm. I'll end on this note. I don't know that I need the spice in there. If it were spicy, it might ruin what's otherwise a very tasty chip. You're a delicate flower, Dean. Can we discuss Ryan Leslie crushing Eric Francis on air last game? It was a beating. I didn't expect it, to be honest. I didn't either. I expect that in some corners, but not from there. It was a real chair shot. Like, it wasn't even alluding to something. That that was like someone dug through the archives to pull out that moldy clip. They found a clip of Francis post-game or pre-game on Sportsnet television. And the quote is, Johnny Gaudreau will not be a 99-point player again. This was as he either had 100 or 101 points at the time. It was really, you know what? I'll say this. It was uncalled for. You know, I, I, mean, I would never do something it, it, like that to you. If it was, a, yeah, right. If it was a one-off, Dean, I, that'd be kind of harsh, but it kind of was like, that was like a four-year world tour of that take in different iterations. And it's and you know the, the take wasn't from 2020 either. This it was from a long time ago. It was HD, but barely. <laughs> it's a standard demo. Uh guys, thoughts on the Golden Knights Tron helmets. I I am into it because uh I like things I like them pushing the envelope here. And in Europe there's a thing. The Golden Helmet's a leading score leading for team score, yeah. And it's Vegas. Like I don't think you can get away with that in Montreal, of course not, but it's in Vegas. I'm fine with it. I, I, they're trying to have fun. I'm fine with fun in the game. And did you see LA kind of did their spin? They had the, the chrome silver. ones? Yeah, I'm fine with it. This, not everything has to be boring and traditional, right? We can mix it up a little. That's right, Ryan. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Uh, what was, uh, yeah, no, it's all about Harry Francis. Speaking of chips, are you pushing three bills yet, Boom Boom? Boom's going the other not way. Not quite. He's right now. Not quite. Toit. Uh, haha, I remember. He said, I don't know what that text is, Lance. Come on, clean it up. Come on, Lance. Dean, you wouldn't do that to Pinder because he's great. Where's that? I Wait, wouldn't. Waiting for it. The, piano, would, the piano's about to fall on me here. No, no. What I, is it? I, I, that's a very astute text. I would not throw you under the bus or do that kind of stuff uh, to you. Wouldn't do it. You're my, you're my on-air partner. And we support each other and take care of each other. That's what good teammates do. I think that's it. You think that's it, eh? I think that's it for today as far as the uh, the texts are concerned. Some Do you have a, a bold in, proclamation about tonight's game? No, I don't. They're not going to uh, bring someone out of the rafters? Derek Engel and Bobbleheads? No. The... Joe Mullen ain't walking through that door. Are they going uh, to get a Peter DeBoer hockey game tonight for the visitors or no? They're going to need hockey. They're going to need a Peterborough game if they're going to win this thing. Yeah. Well, this is this is the thing. Even against Seattle, they were outworked, two goal posts, and needed kind of an improbable come from behind effort to beat the Kraken. Mm. I I fear Vegas. 
in uh, in short term and long term. If they get into the playoffs, I think they're no fun and oh, real yeah. dangerous. Well, they're healthy. And I think tonight, can you lose? Sure you can. Does it affect your your life? Not really if you're the Flames, but I Flip do that think. that script. Yeah. You see desperation. Yeah, I do think that Vegas is going to be chomping. I think we could have a dandy on our hands here. I do too. And I think the better Stone brother might even put one in. Well... <laughs> It's looking like he's going to be a healthy scratch, though, because... Well, uh, we'll find out tonight. Good Branson the, the tail was at tape, skate yesterday. We'll find if out. a stone scores tonight, he's the better stone. Uh, do you? Will you need to uh, set aside money for bail tonight? Bail? Yeah. Come on now. Because the jails stay open, even though it's... If we a, get close to that, we call in Bender. We get the Bender bat light out. Yeah. Swoops in. We can end on this one. Ah, oh, crap, you're back on. Thought you were all fired. Have a great day, everybody. That is uh, what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Maybe see you Monday, buddies. Maybe.